Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, I am Chris. Uh, with me back this week, I've got Ryan. Hello. All right. Yeah, you? Yeah, very well, thank you very much. You had a nice week last week, you weren't here, were you? No, I was, uh, I was off gallivanting around Cambridge. Cambridge? Were you punting? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but it was it was good, so it was good to get away, but it's good to be back. Yeah? What were you doing in Cambridge? Yeah. Um, just relaxing, actually. Yeah? Actually, just going away and doing nothing. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, you've got a brand new avatar on your Skype profile. Do I? Yeah. So you've been away, have you? Um, I have. I've been away, yes, but that's not the reason for the brand new Skype profile. I had some issues with uh, with my computer and I had to do a whole lot of uh, fixings. Right. That obviously being one of them. Well, for anyone who's never seen Mark, his old emoji uh, or his old avatar used to be, if you can imagine the emoji with the smiling man with the sunglasses on. Um. That's pretty close, but I'm not quite as jaundiced as the smiling <laughs> man. Well, that was what me and Emma settled on uh, quite a while ago. Now you're sort of, um, I don't know, you've sort of got a, you're, you're in the snow, aren't you, in some forest somewhere? Yes, that's right. A place called Johnston's Canyon in Canada. Oh, there you go. Very KGB look about you. Mm. <laughs> uh, this week we should be talking about the Champions League um, We should be talking about the Premier League And some of the bits and bobs of news uh, Antonio Conte is coming to Chelsea So we should be talking about that uh, Apologies for any oohs and ahs during this as well Because I'm watching Liverpool uh, play Dortmund in the Europa League as well So uh, any gasps of delight or despair Then do bear with me um, First game, we shall talk about Barcelona 2 Atletico Madrid 1 uh, Because... Mark, you were our man on the post, man in the ground there, weren't you? I was, yeah, a special mission. Yeah, you've kept all your receipts, haven't you, for us? Obviously, yeah, and I, I got the VIP ticket and I've got first class flights and, and five star hotels, so I'll get them posted off to him shortly. Good lad. So, how was it then? I mean, was it. Uh, oh! Liverpool have scored. They have. <gasps> Dick Cockerigi. He's my baby. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Uh, right, anyway, uh, back to business. Uh, you were at the new camp, weren't you? Or the camp new, weren't you? I was at the camp new, that's right. All right. Uh, the, judging from this from TV, so you can always correct me if I'm wrong, because um, you were there. So the game seemed to start very well for Atletico. They got the Torres goal. Um, Torres mm. seemed to obviously lose his rag. Got those two yellow cards in 10 minutes. He seemed to be on a mission to get sent off. I was about to tweet... He looks like a man who will get sent off when he did actually get sent off. Um, I did think for some time it would be one of those games where Atletico would either weather the storm and get the win or Barca would get a late winner, but uh, a, a late um, equaliser. But it, it wasn't quite like that, was it? 
No, yeah, um, I, I, when you were mentioned about um, putting a tweet about Torres out, I was I was very much in the same boat. It was he was an accident waiting to happen uh, all the way through that first half. You, you could see that either either by hook or by crook he was going to get sent off, and I I, I haven't seen the the game back, but um, I imagine that the second yellow card where he tackled Busquets, uh, King Shit House, um, <laughs> was probably quite unfair. I would imagine it probably wasn't a yellow card. Uh, it looked a bit half and half, to be quite honest. I think yeah. I've, I've seen it given both ways. So. But Torres, I, I thought it was Torres second. Put himself yellow. in the position. Mm. He gave mm. the referee a decision to make, didn't he? I thought personally yeah. it was a yellow, and you know we disagree. So you know, but the fact you we disagree shows that there's obviously some kind of debate about it. But he gave the referee a decision to make, didn't he? Yeah, and I don't. If if that hadn't been a yellow card, I think he would have got one not not long after because I think he'd put a few niggly fouls in. Um, even after he got the first yellow card. But, I mean, Atletico Madrid did exactly what Atletico Madrid do in these big games, or certainly the ones I've seen. Um, they set up to defend, to waste time, to to try and nick a goal and then just defend. And, you know, they're absolutely brilliant at it. They're the Spanish Mourinho-Chelsea, aren't they? Um, they? They defended very narrow, so they forced Barcelona into the wide positions where they didn't really want to go. Um, and I would say that they were they were... Very disciplined in the first half. Well, they were fairly disciplined in the second half too. But I think um, the game changed by Barcelona's energy level increasing significantly in the second half compared to the first half, where they looked very lethargic, as if as if they were playing Levante or one of those lower reach of the La Liga teams, who they normally beat six nil every week. And it, it's not. It was Atletico Madrid they were playing, who were there to try and spoil the game. Um, and I would say that the chief. The chief instigator of the turnaround in the second half, not only for the goals, but I would say it was Suarez. It was his. It was him really who who upped the tempo of the game significantly, and the rest of them followed. Should he have been on the pitch though to score those two goals? Well, as I said, I haven't seen a replay of the game or any of what what happened in it away from the goals. But it there were a couple of things that it, there were obvious something had gone on. Whether whether it was the Atletico players were trying to make the most of something that probably didn't happen, or whether Suarez did do something and he got away with it, I couldn't say because I haven't seen the replay, but it sounds by all accounts, just from bits and pieces I've read on the internet, is that he he did do something or other that probably warranted him being sent off at some point. So you didn't, he's he's you, a very lucky boy. He was a very lucky boy to stay on the pitch. For the first or second one, do you think? Um, probably, I mean, the kick out um, was pretty bad I was, it was goading wasn't it it was his teammate mm. from Uruguay kicked up the arse yeah and then he pushed I can't remember who it was in the second half he, he pushed over he pushed somebody over didn't he yeah I can't remember who it was um, so when you watched this Mark when he did the kick or did the push did you, were you immediately notice drawn to it or you sort of didn't really notice um, it? it from from memory I think they both happened during like either like Goldmouth scrambles or you know, crosses in the box or shot, and they were away from the act. Like, okay, maybe only ten yards away from the action, but they weren't where your eye was drawn to. So perhaps why I didn't see exactly what happened. And remember, I was sitting in the fourth tier of five in the New Camp. You know, I would have needed um, a bloody telescope to see exactly what was going on. Yeah, and um, sorry, I think it was one front he kicked rather than Godin. Uh this referee, have you seen the BT, seen the BT Sport documentary? This referee was actually mic'd up for a Bundesliga game, um, and he did very, very well. 
I think he missed the two yellow cards. I think Suarez should have been sent off. Um, Simeone said he was angry, but not with Torres. And Luis Felipe said that Barcelona get the rub of the green um, and that people fear that Barcelona will be eliminated, so they have to keep them in by fair means or foul. Is is it the referee who's the problem in games like this? Think back to the World Cup final of 2010 and, and Howard Webb got a lot of un, unwarranted stick for his refereeing of the World Cup final. But... It was the players, particularly the Dutch players, who made that the poor, niggly spectacle that it was. And the referee's almost damned if he does and damned if he doesn't in any case. And he's never going to get every single decision right in a, in a, an atmosphere and a game played like that. And the same was the, it was the same on Tuesday night. How many times have we watched um, the Barcelona-Madrid games or any game involving Atletico Madrid and and the cheating and the diving and the conniving and everything else. There's absolutely a referee's got zero hope of getting it right because, again, like I said, I still haven't I haven't seen these Suarez incidents or the the Torres um, second yellow card back, but we know that the there are fact there's a lot of fouling going on, but there's also a lot of embellishing of the fouls going on at the same time. The referee is not going to get it right when it's going on every single second of the game. No, but I mean, he's got to expect that as well. So he needs to know to look out for it. Yeah, but still, they're, they're so good at disguising whichever side of the fence they're falling on in the, the shit housing that the referee can't be absolutely spot on every single time. And they've made it such a great art form that it spoils the game. I've been to two Spanish games, both Champions League games, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and the final a couple of years ago also involving Atletico Madrid. And they're absolute masters of ruining what should be, you know, one of the, the biggest games and best games of the year. Yeah, but it's not, it's not the 1950s anymore, is it? This is here to stay, this kind of play. It is. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I know that you, not everybody's going to play like Barcelona, open, flowing, attacking football. You know, there's there's lots of ways that you can you can get your, get the result you want. But... To me, uh, it's there's a lot of unsavoury and just I, don't, I, I can't a snidiness that I don't th- that they can play that that type of football that defensive, tactically adept football brilliantly, and I've got no issue with that. It's just all the other stuff for the time wasting. The goalkeeper was wasting time from the yeah. fifth minute. <laughs> he was wasting time from the fifth minute when it was nil nil, yeah. all the way through the game, and it took him till about ten minutes to the end to get booked. <laughs> To me, that, there's just a point where it goes too far. You can be brilliant at something, and you can just be arses. And and that team is an, is and Barcelona are by far from angels as well. We know that. And hmm. um, Ryan, let's go still in this tie. I think they can be. Uh, obviously, they've got the away goal, so it's always a possibility. But I mean, it's going to be difficult either way, really. But they might be fired up from the result and the that sort of sense of injustice maybe they'll try and fire back but Barcelona are always going to be a really tough team to beat anyway so it's probably not going to work out too well for them and they've got to keep a clean sheet well hand that yeah the the fans who sat around me the Barcelona fans and there were a lot of tourists like me as well but the the locals they didn't seem too pleased by a 2-1 victory so I think they got the feeling that it may not be enough knowing that Atletico Madrid when they want to play are a very good football team yeah so they they don't think they're through by any means. No, definitely not. All right. Uh, last night was PSG two Manchester City two uh, goals from uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, Rabiot, whatever his first name is, um, Kevin De Bruyne and Fernandinho. Uh, who saw this one? 
I've seen the goals. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. And a couple of other highlights. Okay. Um, did you see the penalty save? Yes. Did you see Joe Hart before the penalty save? I didn't see him before. I sort of saw it, but I didn't see anything in particular. What did he do? He, um, while Zlatan was waiting to take the penalty, he went and walked behind his goal and had a big drink of water to make Zlatan wait. That's not the player you want to make wait, really. But wow, no. this <laughs> really worked. It's clearly worked. He saved his yeah. last three penalties as your big hero, Joe Hart. Yeah, it was a good save as well. I mean, it wasn't the best penalty, but um, it was a good save either way. Yeah, uh, it was low down to his right, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, Ibra's goal that was pretty funny, wasn't it? <laughs> who do you blame for that do you blame Fernandinho was it Fernandinho or Fernando I can't remember uh, Fernando I think Fernando who do you blame do you blame him or do you blame Joe Hart for his distribution I mean I, I, as bad as that first touch was to try and control the ball I got no idea what Joe Hart was doing passing it to him well that, that's I watched it back a few times because it was it was just like a gif on the uh, soccer subreddit and I was just watching it I don't get why he's passed it to Fernando that he's got a player to his right that he could easily pass to. He's under no pressure whatsoever. Or he's got Fernando standing right in front of him that's got Ibra lurking. Yes. I mean, they're, they're both at fault, but it just, it seems bizarre that he would have picked that choice. He could have either just booted it or put it to the right. Well, but... fellow goalkeeper and former teammate of Joe Hart uh, didn't blame him. No. Well, I mean, uh, I, that was a shake given, sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> I, I, can, I can understand why people you know, but again, it's just that thing of he probably shouldn't have passed him, but the touch and then the subsequent panic from Fernando wasn't great. Yeah, Mark, have you seen any of this? Um, I only, I've only seen the the comedy goal where Fernando smashed it off. Um, yeah. 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 It's great. It's a great assist, though. I was great assist. Who do you blame? Yeah. Uh, who do I blame? Um, I think it's a combination of the two, but I think I would blame Fernando more. Okay. Um, Brian, the Kevin De Bruyne goal had a bit of a David Luiz moment in as well, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was a good, a good goal, actually, but yeah, David Luiz is um, always, always entertaining. I really like David Luiz. <laughs> I like him for his shithousery, and I like him because I think he's actually a wonderful player. I just don't think he's a defender. No, he's not. He's a midfielder. Yeah. And booked after 12 seconds as well, misses the return leg. Just, I, I, I do miss him just because he was just generally entertaining. Yes. You, you see, me and Mark have this kind of difference. Your Mark is very Corinthian in the way he expects his sportsman to play. I don't mind him rolling on the floor and pretending he's injured at Old Trafford and then smiling. That, well, that was the best thing, just because it kept, kept perfectly to him at Old Trafford and he's just sitting there smiling at the fans, almost like, yes, I did it, <laughs> yes. Um. Teams who draw the away leg 2-2 in Europe have a 79% success rate of progression. So they're almost there. Well, PSG's defence has been pretty shoddy. And I think Man City have got the, the attacking prowess to sort of... I think we said about this when they announced that when they drew the teams. And we did. We called this, didn't we? We said PSG's defence, if, if they have a shocking evening, City have got a chance. And I mean, obviously City's defence wasn't great, but... You know, they put themselves in with the best chance possible. I can't really see PSG getting two goals that the Etihad. had. Yeah. So, it sort of, I'm sure they're pretty safe at this point. Yeah. Um, Mark, do you think PSG lose intensity going from coasting it in League One to having to turn it on for the Champions League? Um, 
<clears throat> if you've watched Manchester City play this season, you'll have said that they've barely raised any level of intensity at any part of the season. And certainly not now, certainly not for the last five or six weeks. They're obviously placing all of their eggs in one basket uh, with the Champions League. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, the the level of play in, in Ligue 1 mustn't be that great for them to have walked away with it by, by what was it, mid-March. So, yeah, I, I, in one sense, you know, it keeps them fresh and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, there's a there's a big jump from playing what probably isn't a league as good as the Championship to then try and suddenly be taking on the likes of Manchester City, Barcelona, and everybody else, and expecting them to um, to come out on top. Yeah. Um. Also, this week, a Bayern Munich won Benfica nil. Arturo Vidal scored in the second minute. Uh, I nearly watched this game, but I'm glad I didn't. If he scored in the second minute and nobody else scored afterwards, <laughs> um, Ribery and Douglas Costa went close for them as well. Uh, I think Benfica could still do this. Jonas has scored 32 goals this season. Matroglu, who still officially is a Fulham player, um, he scored 21. Anyone think that Benfica can pull a shock in the next return leg? I doubt it. Really? I think I think Munich have just got too much about them to well, they, let that happen. They lost but, at Porto last season, didn't they? In the, their, their true. First leg. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't think. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll, put, they'll make it a tight game. Hmm. And they'll make it an interesting second leg. I just can't see Munich going out at this point. No, Mark, give a cheer for Benfica. Gaetan, he's in that team as well, isn't he? Can he help them? Uh, the perpetually linked to Manchester United guy then. Yeah, have they got two Lucy Zara in goal as well? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not not watched Benfica this season. No. Okay. Um. Yeah. yeah perpetually linked to Manchester United guy then. I think they can do this. Do you? Um. I would suggest not. But just because Bayern are so strong, and okay, they're not all Germans in that team, but you know they've got a very German core, and with a one nil uh, the. Uh, you know, a tight scoreline to defend away from home. Um, you would never back against the German team, would you? No, certainly not. Uh, and speaking of German teams, uh, Wolfsburg to Real Madrid nil. Now you're a fan of shithousery, as we discussed. Marcello, who's seen Marcello today? <laughs> Have you seen this, I Mark? I haven't. Fill, fill me in, and again, he's another one vying for the Ballon d'Or of shithousery. Well, if you, he's definitely getting it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> If you uh, Google it while we're watching, while we're, while we're discussing this, you will probably sort of see that new Skype avatar of yours with steam come out of the ears. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I'll but, do that while you two talk. Well, basically, for anybody who hasn't seen it, he bends down and picks the ball up, doesn't he, in front of Wolfsburg's Arnold. And as he picks it up, does he shove his head into the tummy or is his, or is Arnold's tummy just there? I don't quite well, know right. I'm right. pretty sure that he, I'm pretty sure he picks the ball up, he walks away a little bit, they, he sort of comes back again. Yeah, Pushes his his head into his stomach and then proceeds to fall over, clutching his head, looking at the linesman like, "Did you see what he did to me?" And and Arnold's just sort of looking at him like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, he did. He looked very confused, <laughs> didn't he? It's like this guy's just walking up to me with the ball, pushing his head into me and then falling over. I don't well, get it. He didn't quite walk up to me. He just sort of stood up, didn't he? But, well, yeah. <laughs> it was very very funny. It's. Impressive to say the least. Yeah, um, I kind of think Real Madrid were a bit unlucky in this game. Ronaldo was wrongly given offside. Um, 
Benzema, he missed that big chance in the first half, didn't he? And there was a call for a bail penalty before Rodrigo scored his. Um, and then Arnold with a second. And Scherler probably really should have scored a third, shouldn't he? That's standard Scherler, though, really. Um... Oh, really? See, I always had Scherler down as Chelsea's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Comes off the bench and scores. Yeah, he just, he just he was very like he had one really good game and then one really bad game and it was always that thing of he'd play really well and then just be really mediocre for the rest of the time. Oh really? Um, but I I love Wolfsburg. I think I'm really happy that they've you know put themselves in this position and Real Madrid are probably going to find it quite difficult in the return leg, um, just because. They've not. They've been a bit sort of, you know, down in the dumps a bit recently. It seems, and I think that's going to be a bit of another knock to their confidence. And Zidane's going to have a difficult one pulling them out of it. Well, I think they're. A, I don't think they've got a very good defence at all. I don't think Ramos is a brilliant defender. Pepe and Marcello certainly aren't. I, I don't know where Varane is at the minute. I don't know whether he's injured or what. But I don't think he's. I, th- I don't even know if he's injured. I just don't think he's getting played. I don't know why he's not getting played. If he is, uh, he's, he's the best defender of. The three of them were Pepe and, and Ramos. I'm sure he is. Um, there's definitely a way that Wolfsburg can get at that team. They've won their last five Champions League games in a row. And that was the first goal that Kevin Navas had conceded in 738 minutes. Yeah. Uh, of European football, I think. Yeah, I think I saw something about that earlier. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that Wolfsburg are dark horses for this one. Definitely for the return leg, either way, I think, whether they get, sort of, say, Munich in the next round. But, again, I just can't see Madrid going and getting another set of goals. I, I don't know. I think they were quite unlucky. They did have a couple of chances. But I think Wolfsburg are probably going to make it difficult for them now. Mm. I'm watching the half-time at Liverpool game, and um, I've got Fox Sports as my stream. Ooh. Uh, with pundit Stuart Holden of Bolton Wanderers. Oh, my God. God. Or possibly formerly of Bolton Wanderers, I'm not sure. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, he just uh, yeah. He had a bad injury, didn't he? Yeah, that, well, I think he got the same injury two or three times on the trot, um, and that's what finished him off, and I'm sure he's still only like mid-20s or late-20s. Hmm. Was... I love watching Fox Sports streams, because it's always just the most random footballers you'll ever see as their best pundits, and you're just thinking, oh, that's sad. I tell you what's quite good is the A League's quite good on BT Sport because you get Robbie Slater and Ned Zelich and people like that. <laughs> That's incredibly random. Mark, have you seen the clip yet? I have seen it. Yeah. Your thoughts? Um, that he's a clown. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the hair for it as well. Actually, yeah. I you've, got go, be... you've got to go some to out shithouse Sergio Ramos in that team. Well, they've got candidates. I mean, there's Pepe as well, isn't there? I like yeah, Sergio yeah. Ramos before that, I think. You see, we differ on this. You, you don't like that sort of thing, do you? No, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, Marcelo, that's just hilarious and pathetic all at the same time. <coughs> do you think he'll get like some sort of retrospective action against him for it? Uh, no. I'd, I've, not, I've not seen any action like that before, so I doubt they'd do it. No, I don't think yeah. they've done... They'll, they'll probably... If it was resulted in a red card, they'd probably risk in their red card. But well, no. I mean... He's headbutted the um, Wolfsburg player in the in the stomach. You know, Zidane got sent off in a World Cup final for something very similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember when Rivaldo fell over at the, the corner flag at the World Cup? Oh, that was amazing. You could forget. He got a £2,000 fine. <laughs> that, that must have dented him massively. Yeah, he probably had it on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's had to keep playing till he's 40-odd just to pay that fine off. <laughs> Guess he has, hasn't he? Um, 
Diego Costa got fined this week, didn't he? Do you remember? Yeah, fined in another match ban for the incident. Oh, well, it wasn't the incident. It was his reaction to being sent off he got the extra ban for. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, oh, he got, that's what he got his extra game for. Because I thought when he got shown that red card, I thought he was going to attack the ref. Um, Wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> is this the when he, he nuzzled Gareth Barry? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, he's got three games for nuzzling Gareth Barry um, and probably a few tetanus injections. And it was his reaction to the red card because I thought he was going to nut Neil Oliver. Mm. Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver. Neil Oliver's that historian, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be an interesting afternoon. That's a coincidence because Costa is an anagram of Coast, which Neil Oliver is the presenter of oh well, there we go Neil Oliver always strikes me as some kind of Francis Begbie historian I think he could lose it as well he looks like he should be the lead singer of Run Rig or some early or you know the guitarist with Deacon Blue something like that yeah well no, well, no it was the drummer from Deacon Blue that got a job on this morning wasn't it oh was it yeah this I was on a flight with I was on a flight with the singer from Deacon Blue not so long ago well you should have do the um, uh, what was that hashtag this week on Twitter did you see that Indie something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I did. I can't remember what it was, but I did see it. Yeah. Did you contribute? Nope. Didn't you? No, I was too busy. Oh, you got nothing to contribute to that. I've got nothing to contribute in general. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rangers have been promoted back to the SPO, haven't they? And they won the Scottish Championship after a one-nil win over Dumbarton. Mm. Um, there, people, there will be people who object strongly to you saying um, being promoted back to the Scottish Premiership. Oh, that's because it's not. It's, this is Rangers version two point isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Who, to who me, would... I'm, I'm not bothered either way. But I know there are a lot of people who will get very upset on one falling on one side of the fence or the other to 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 say that you're wrong or you're right. Who would get upset, Rangers fans or non-Rangers fans? The non-Rangers fans would tell you that you're wrong. Would they? Oh yeah, because they're absolutely. This is the first time Rangers have ever been in the Scottish Premiership, um, technically speaking. It's the new, is it this, this is the new co, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, are Rangers good? Is Mark Warburton good? How do you think they're going to get on next season? Um, I think anything in the top half of the table, given the squad they've got right now and the lack of money they've got to invest in players over the summer. They said, they'll say they've got money, but they probably don't have. Um, not a huge amount, anyway. Um, they're probably, if they can finish in the top... As you, if, I don't know if you know how it works, but the the league splits with about six or seven games to go into the top half and bottom half. Um, if they can get into the top half and play against all the top teams, then that will be an excellent first season for Rangers in the top division. And they got a old firm derby coming, haven't they? Uh, yes, it's a semi final of the Scottish Cup mm. to be played at Hampden. That's right. And um, you got any interest in Rangers, Ryan? Uh, uh, no, not to be honest. <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> uh, uh, Wiltord is coming out of retirement, age 41. He's going to announce on the 20th of April where he's going to play. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the team's going to be very lucky to have him. Yeah, or well, 20th of April is also Hitler's birthday. I mean, I don't know whether that's a coincidence or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very odd link to make. So. <laughs> Uh, and Zavi has revealed who he was inspired by as a boy. Um, anyone want to hazard a guess? Margaret Thatcher. Almost. It was. They were English. Um, Paul Scholes. 
No, he didn't mention Paul Scholes. He mentioned three players. Um, he mentioned John Barnes, Nicky Butt, for some reason. Oh, God. But his biggest inspiration, who everyone went mad over, was Southampton's Matt Letizia. Our whole house was obsessed by him, he said. That's fair enough. I can, I can completely see why foreign people 20 to 25 years ago would have been looking into the Premier League and wondering how Matt Letizia wasn't the darling of the England national team. Uh, yeah, I can well understand that as well. But when he said our oh, whole house was obsessed by him, I was kind of imagining that um, Alan Partridge episode. Do you remember the one where he goes to that <laughs> bloke's house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was rather imagining something like that. But he mentioned that Newcastle goal in particular. <clears throat> Which one? There were so many. The one where he flipped it over his head and dinked it with his toe and all that sort of thing. He actually mishit the finish, didn't he? I think yeah. he's hit that since. That's right, he said. <laughs> Um, right, some derbies this weekend and last weekend. Uh, Hajik and uh, RNK split drew the split derby. Um, this weekend is Stale Bucharest versus Dinamo Bucharest. Uh, and last weekend we had the Wonder Derby. Do you know this one? The what? The Wonder Derby. The Wonder Derby? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Have you not? This was Inter Milan uh, versus Torino. Um, Maxi Lopez of Torino. Uh, when uh, he was, oh, you heard this, have you? Have you heard this one, Ryan? I haven't actually. No. No, Maxi Lopez when he was at, I think he was at Lazio. I think he was, wasn't he? What? Uh, I remember he played for Catania. I don't know about Lazio. Maybe it was there that he took a young Maro Icardi, fellow Argentine, under his wing, uh, and showed him Italy and helped him settle down, um, and also showed him the delights of uh, Maxi Lopez's wife. Um. They split. Uh, I, I think. Did she take up with Mario Cardi before or after they split? I think it was before, wasn't well, it? Well, this is the story that, as much as I know it, I think that Lopez and his wife split up. They got three kids together. Yeah. Then, some point after they split up, about a Icardi week, got it? with the wife. They, I think, they had a child together. Obviously, Maxi Lopez's kids live with them, and he has got their Maxi Lopez's kids' names tattooed on his arm. Yeah. Which has upset Maxi Lopez quite a lot. Um, other things that upset Maxi Lopez about this is um, uh, the rather sort of public photos on Instagram that Icardi takes of Lopez's kids. Um, the fact that Icardi and uh, Mrs. Lopez, or the former Mrs. Lopez, advertised the fact that they had a they made love fifteen times in twenty eight hours once in Argentina. As you uh, do. As you do. Yeah. Um, Oh, he's a handsome man, he's Mario Cardi, so yeah. Uh, and apparently Mrs. Wanda, she's got to pay uh, Maxi Lopez £110,000 a breach of court orders, because apparently she talks about the children in public and she's not really supposed to. Um, and yes, these two met last weekend. Uh, uh, Maxi Lopez, funny enough, refused to shake Mario Cardi's hand. Uh, remind me when any of this sounds familiar, Ryan, with your football team, won't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um... Refused to shake uh, Icardi's hand. Uh, he got an assist and won a penalty, did Lopez, as uh, Torino won 2-1. Although Maricardi says he's got the moral high ground and has class for offering to shake his hand. Maxi Lopez probably knows where it's been and doesn't want to shake it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. He's probably just thinking this is probably not a good idea. Yeah. Oh, and Icardi had shin pads. He had his and her shin pads uh, with pictures of him and, um, and Mrs. Wanda uh, on his shin pads as well. 
that well you, so one side is moral high ground and then the other one is i've got a picture of your wife on my shin pads yeah i mean the general impression you get from this is that program footballers wives is probably more of a documentary than you'd think <laughs> do you remember that yeah, not so I, not, not some far fetched shape as we thought it was. No, no. I only watch Dream Team, so Gee, I, I used to watch Dream Team. Team on Sky One. Yeah. Did you remember the manager S Mark? I do. Yeah, Sherry Lungy. Sherry Lungy. What did did was the program inspired by Karen Brady, or did Karen Brady come after the manager S? Sherry Lungy came after. Uh, no, um, Karen Brady came after Sherry Lungy. If you can imagine such a thing. Do you think so? I've got a feeling it was the other way around. I thought Manager S was late 80s. And uh, Karen uh, Brady was about 93, 94, because she was 23 when she took over at Birmingham City. Mm. There wasn't much in it, whichever way around it was. No. Of course, when she took over at Birmingham City, of course, she got with Paul Pesky Salido and then sold him. Are they still together? Yeah, they're married with kids and everything. Oh, well, maybe she was doing him a favour getting him from under Barry, Barry Fry's feet. Yeah, well, I remember when he used to be on TV as well, when they had the names on the back of the shirt, he um, he just had Pesh because they couldn't get Peshki Salido all over the back of the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently somebody else, when she walked into the dressing room to say hello to all the players or something, made a rather sort of brutal sexist comment and she sold into Port Vale or something the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be messed with. Um, yeah, they might remember the manageress. She was like some kind of early Justine Frieshman, wasn't she? Sherry Lungy to me will always be. She was. What was it? Wasn't she um, Guinevere in Excalibur? No, that was Helen Mirren, wasn't it? Oh no. No, she was Morgana. Yes, she was in um, that Caligula, wasn't she? Helen yeah. Mirren was. Yeah. And she was in the Cook the Thief. Helen Mirren's been a lot of smut, hasn't she? For a dame. Apparently so, but I don't remember seeing anything. That she's renowned for in that sense. Or oh, Caligula, bloody hell, she never had any, none of them had any clothes on in Caligula. Oh, I never watched that. And then there was the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Do you remember that? No. That's a very that was Adam Bleasdale or somebody. <laughs> very famous. Um. Anyway, um, bit of football gossip. Yay or nay to this? Uh, Miralem Pjanic to either Manchester City or Chelsea. To Chelsea, please. No, <laughs> he was he was linked to Liverpool last year. <laughs> Uh, Paul Pogba to Barcelona. Neymar wants in there. Well, I saw I saw a rumor earlier that he, Conte wants him at Chelsea and is willing to give up Willian, Oscar, and someone else. Oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo back to Manchester United in a forty-eight million pound deal. Yes, you can see that, can you? Yeah, I think that. I think I think that'll definitely happen. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this Ronaldo story keeps happening every sort of every season. Yeah, they always say they're going to bring him back, but forty-eight million—that's a bit of a either underwhelming figure or quite high for his. How old is Ronaldo now? Thirty-one, oh. apparently. Forty-eight million—it's a lot. I mean, I suppose they'll get the value out of him, but yeah, as as he's as he's at pains to point out by posing in his underpants as many times as he possibly can. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't look in bad physical condition. Oh, no, absolutely not, no. a few years left in those abs yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alexis Sanchez to PSG because Ibra is off somewhere else. To the Premier League. To the Premier League, somewhere in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, Sanchez to PSG. Anyone see that? I can't see that happening. No. no. I can't no, see Arsenal gets... selling. 
but I can't really see how he'd fit into that team either. No. Really. If he gets if he gets frustrated in the same way that Fabregas and Van Persie did at the lack of success either in the Premier League or in the Champions League, then you know uh, why would he stick around at Arsenal for too long unless there isn't something going to change there? Did he win the Champions League at Barcelona? Mm, don't think so. No. No oh, bloody hell! Dortmund have scored. Oh, have they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my T-Sport thing must be behind then. Hummels, by the looks oh. of it. Well, it's someone with dodgy facial hair and... Well, that's like anybody in Europe, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, should we talk about the Premier League? Yeah. yeah. Go on, then. These are all the reverse fixtures of the opening day, aren't they? <clears throat> yep. This weekend coming up. Uh, first of all, in the title race, we've got the Fraser Campbell derby, and probably a few others, as Spurs face Manchester United. Um... Do you remember this the first game of the season? United got a rather lucky win thanks to a Kyle Walker and goal. Yeah. 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 Do you remember that? Because Rooney was stood behind him, wasn't he? And he managed to sort of dilly-dally the ball into his own net. (laughs) Um, Spurs drew 1-1 with Liverpool last week. United beat Everton 1-0. But they don't do very well against Manchester United. They've not beaten them at home since 2000-2001 season. Spurs... Last three, they've drawn one and won two. United won four out of five. I'd reckon this was going to go up. <clears throat> well, I mean, Man United beat Everton last week, but I wasn't impressed about it in the slightest. But they didn't have to be impressive to beat Everton. Um, and Tottenham are now in the position where they've got to win, haven't they? The, the, them dropping points at Liverpool, uh, Leicester pulling further ahead of them with their win last week. There's there's not really much much use in, in draws now for Tottenham, so... I think they'll go all out for it and I think they'll win. Well, if they don't win and Arsenal do, Arsenal are only a point behind them, aren't they, with the game in hand? Yeah, and for all that, it's a hollow victory if they finish above Arsenal in the league. Um, it is it is still something to aim for as some kind of consolation if they don't manage to catch Leicester. Yeah. Uh, Pochettino Spurs have never scored against Manchester United in three games. Ryan, do you reckon they're going to do it in this one? It's probably the best time for them to do so. Harry Kane's in quite good for again I think because of Manchester United's pretty poor season I can't see any reason why Tottenham can't win now that they're sort of in the, the right frame of mind and they as Mark said you know they have to win the game so they're going to have to go for it either way hmm. yeah. ok uh, Sunderland Leicester City this is the Batty Piper derby and the Steve Agnew derby as well if you remember him I do remember him yeah Uh Sunderland drew 0-0 with West Brom last week and Leicester beat Southampton 1-0. Sunderland have drawn their last four, whereas Leicester have won 1-0 in their last four, haven't they? Is it going to be fifth 1-0 for Leicester? Probably more than 1-0. You reckon? Yeah. Mark, what do you reckon? Is it at Sunderland? Yeah. <clears throat> then I think it'll be 1-0 to Leicester. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I think I think Sunderland are running out of time. They've had too far... They've had, so many opportunities to pick up wins and they've dropped those opportunities by, you know, they should have beat Newcastle, they should have beat West Brom um, and these were golden opportunities for them to to be in the position Norwich are in, for example. Well, they're four points behind Norwich, aren't they, with the game? Yeah, in? yeah, and I think that it just I just don't think, it's not coming, I don't I don't know why, it's just not happening for them um, and again, it, it's a little bit like Spurs, but for different reasons they, they've got to win these games now um, but They've got the wrong team at the wrong time to yeah. do that with. Um, 
Leicester won this 4-2 at the start of the season. Um, Leicester's last five against Sunderland, they've drawn three and lost two. Have any scored one? Hang on, they can't have done. Hang on. <laughs> at Sunderland, not against Sunderland. At Sunderland, at the stadium alike. Uh, so they've not got a great record there. Alex made a point last week. Jermaine Defoe for the Euros. Um, <clears throat> uh, I can see why that's uh, a decent a decent shout, but it's obviously not going to happen. No, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him. He scored twelve this season. I think there's well. I suppose who's going in his place. It, obviously Vardy's going to go Kane's going to go Rooney's obviously going to go I suppose if he takes well back then it would seem a bit bizarre to admit him yeah and you've got Sturridge in there as well and if mm. there's a couple of injuries you know Sturridge is prone as we know to to fitness issues um, uh, oh say, and Welbeck is only just coming back he's kind of a defensive forward isn't he yeah Welbeck he's played in a defensive role more than anything else so there's a put as a, there's an outside chance, but he's got to rely on at least one person getting cropped before then. Is Danny Sturridge most unhappiest looking footballer? Absolutely, yeah. He's just so joyless in what he does. Yeah, he looks like yeah, he always has the look of a manager's found something repulsive in his shoe. He he never looks happy at all. Even when he scores, he doesn't look happy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not. He's, there's no conviction in that stupid dance anymore, is there? No, he doesn't mean it anymore, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, West Ham versus Arsenal. This is the Davos Suka derby, isn't it? Yeah, <coughs> amongst others. I was trying to think of who the others might be. Nigel Winterburn, I thought of, and Ian Wright. Yeah, <coughs> Ray Parler. Did he? <coughs> yeah, I think he played for West Ham for a little bit. The Ron Pepelli. Did he? I, don't, I didn't think he did. He went to Middlesbrough, didn't he, after Arsenal? Mm, no, I've got a feeling he did. Freddie Lungberg did. Yes, he did. Um, there's obviously going to be a hell of a lot more. Yeah. We'll... I can't think of any. Davos Suka was the first one that came to my head. Stuart Robson. Oh, really? Yeah, in the 80s. He yeah. started off at Arsenal and went to West Ham. Liam Brady. Right. I don't really know Liam Brady at West Ham, did he? Yeah, he did. Once he came, When he came back from Italy, he went to West Ham. Oh, right. Okay. Well, there we go. One of many. Um, first game of the season, this was the one where Reese Oxford scored, didn't he? 16-year-old Reese Oxford. Hmm. They've been very impressive since, haven't they? Obviously, West Ham. Um, they drew 2 2 at Palace last week, rather unluckily, didn't they? Because I think that red card's now been overturned, hasn't it? Yeah. And then Arsenal beat Watford 4 0. Back to back wins. The other one was over um, Everton. They got Flamini and Ramsey maybe back, but no Corzola or Wilshire. Wilshire, who's been in the papers this week, isn't he? Up to no good again, or being around people that are up to no good. He's a wrong one, isn't he? Mm. Have you seen this, Mark? Yeah, yeah, he's in, in some altercation outside a nightclub. Yeah, I think he was trying to act as peacemaker or something, wasn't he? Yeah, and I know we don't... <clears throat> we shouldn't begrudge players to have normal lives and go out and have a drink and or go for a meal and, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, sometimes they don't have their head screwed on and they get themselves into situations that you should never really get to with the profile that they've got. Yeah. Um, West Ham, or um, uh, Upton Park, is the third most successful away ground for Arsene Wenger. He's won there nine times. Who are the other two away grounds he's been more successful at anyone? Goodison Park. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but you can ask me any manager in the Premier League right now, and I'll <laughs> to Goodison Park. Oh, fair enough. Uh, who's the other one, then? 
St James's? No, it has got Park at the end of it. Um, Villa. Well done. Oh, yeah. Well done. I don't think this one's going to go. Um, are West Ham <coughs> going to win this one or Arsenal? I'd like to think West Ham could win it, actually. Um, obviously, it is at, at, at Upton Park, but um, I suppose if West Ham play the way they did in against Paz before the red card, then they'll. I think they're in with a good shout, actually. Pyatt's just been incredible all season, so... This is Pyatt who Wenger turned down, wasn't it? Or said he could have bought in the past but never bothered to? I think that's a lot of players for Wenger, though, isn't it? Yeah. Someone turned successful, I could have signed him. Like, you'd be, like, you didn't. That's the, <laughs> that's, the prob- that's the problem with you, Wenger. You don't sign these players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, after his goal last week, that free kick that he scored, because it's one of those ones where I, immediately, as soon as he kicked it, you thought, well, that's gone. Uh, somebody in the West Ham wall shouted, see ya. Not the West Ham, one of the Palace Wall. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous free kick. And, yeah, I have a lot of faith in West Ham to sort of get the job done. And the, all the West Ham fans were thinking, you know, this is the last time Arsenal have come to Upton Park. Let's, you know. Oh, this is like the Steven Gerrard departing last season. This is the last yeah. time we will play blah, blah, blah. Yeah, every game out to Park, this is the last time we'll do this, this is the last time we'll do that, you know, let's send it off on a win yeah well they're still in the hunt for that Champions League place aren't they yep yeah they're um, you know two points behind United and that's achievable yeah definitely. yeah Mark what do you reckon yeah I kind of agree with Ryan in the sense that they've got Arsenal there for the last time and all that malarkey <laughs> um, they're still again an outside bet for top four when have, when have they got the replay against Manchester United in the FA Cup is that next week I don't know. It's must possibly. be must be soon because the semi-finals in a, only in another couple of weeks, so it must be coming up. So maybe they might have an eye on that. I don't know. Arsenal again for the for the very um, unlikely possibility of them winning the league. They've got to win and go for it. West Ham won't not go for it. So I can see it being like a high-scoring draw. Yeah, you know, two 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 three three something something like that. Oh, good. Well, let's hope so. Um... Well, next one is Manchester City versus West Brom. I, c- I couldn't think of anybody for this one. Um, Gary Owen. Gary Owen? Is that a made-up name? No. Um, <laughs> Gary with two R's. Oh, right. Get that with that, Gary Owen. Gary yeah. Owen's a rugby kick, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but was that, um, let me check, because I'm sure, isn't it? I just remember him from Panini sticker books in the 80s. Played for West Ham when they had the no-smoking sign. Um, on their shirt, and I think he came from Manchester City in the early uh, days. What's his name? Gary Owen. You, oh, you, you Google him, Brian. You tell us about Man City West Brom. Um, Man City win. Man City win. Yeah, what, by a lot or? Uh, no, it'll probably be a tie one actually. West Brom are West Brom. Yeah, so they won't let too many in. Um, but I think Man City are probably just going to see it as an opportunity to pick up some extra points. So they're not really in the the hunt for the title anymore so they're probably just thinking what what can we get top three make sure Guardiola's arrival is as smooth as possible yeah um, they've won just two out of six City even though they beat Bournemouth 4-0 last week and they've lost two out of their last three at home because remember they had the uh, loss to United and they lost to Spurs as well didn't they oh yeah um, they need a win then really to get well, out this do. little funk they do like playing West Brom. Uh, they've won their last eight versus them, and the last five of West Brom have conceded three. And David Silva has scored four out of five versus them. It's almost like Tony Pulis plans these sort of things, honestly. <laughs> um, Mark, Gary Owen? 
It's only got one R, but Gary Owen played 103 times for Manchester City and then moved to West Brom and played 187 times. There you go, that'll do for us. Uh, in the relegation battle, you've got Crystal Palace versus Norwich. This is a humdinger of a game, this, isn't it? Um, Norwich win this. They got seven points out there last night and uh, they go level on goal difference with Palace, don't they? Yeah, Norwich have been really surprising the past couple of weeks. I wonder why that is. It's that time of the year, isn't it? They just suddenly realised. Teams suddenly go, oh, actually, we're in a real mess here. We need to sort this out. There was, and then, there was, there was a lot of those games where they were, where they lost, what was it, six or seven off the belt, that they were actually really unlucky and they, they're not particularly good at the back and that's been their problem. But they're certainly not one of the worst three or four teams in the league at attacking. You know, they're a better football team than Newcastle. They're better than Sunderland. They're better than Villa. They're better than uh, two or three other teams that are in the bottom half of the league. It's just their defence is shocking, and they had a run of bad luck. Yeah, they've had the. They kind of have played how, or they've got the points that they've deserved to get. I think in the or should have had more. They deserve to get more throughout the season um, in the last few weeks, uh, and I wouldn't back against them against the Palace the way they are at the minute. Okay, and. Nine of Crystal Palace's <laughs> Premier League goals have been scored by defenders. That's the highest in the Premier League. So that probably shows you where their problems are. And they got possibly no added by all this weekend as well. Mm. It's, going to, be a really, it's going to be a tough ask. I think it'll be a really tight, sort of nitty game. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Palace are so, so far gone this season that I think Norwich will probably pick up a tight win. Really? Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. Norwich haven't won at Selhurst Park since 1996. It was 20 years ago, Ryan. Jeez. A long time. Uh, Aston Villa versus Bournemouth. Um, I can't think of anyone again, Mark. You're going to have to get your thinking cap on for this one. Oh, okay. Give me a <laughs> uh, this is the one where really just had scored one in the reverse fixture at the start of the season. Villa won 1-0. And it looked all so bright and cheerful. Then it was a sunny day. Tim Sherwood won. And everyone was happy for him because all his mates woke up match of the day. <laughs> And then it's all gone wrong. They've lost the last seven. Remy Gard's gone. Um, Kieran Clark uh, at Armitry or in Jack Grealish might be back. Um, but no, Benicophobia still for Bournemouth, which is a big loss. They've kind of got to that 38 points and stalled, haven't they? They're in a position where they're safe now and they're thinking, you know, this is the season we need to sort of just, you know, keep steady. And they're going to finish sort of maybe probably where they are. Or sort of just below Watford and Watford will probably climb Swansea or again in that position where they're sort of stalling and yeah, I mean it's going to be one of those games where it'll probably be a bit poor. Yeah, but I can't see Aston Villa doing anything. No, I mean to be fair to Bournemouth as well, um, they've not had back-to-back losses since November in the Premier League. They've won four, drawn four, and lost two since then. So they're pretty formidable away. Yeah, I mean Villa have just been so. Unbelievably shocking. Against Chelsea last week, it was a walk in the park. So. Even Pato scored. Well, even yeah, even Pato lost. It was just one of those games where anyone could do what they wanted, and Villa were probably just like, "No, nah, go on then." Yeah, it's pretty awful. Uh, anyone, Mark? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I googled it, and um, Bournemouth brought in uh, an Aston Villa player on loan last year called Joe Bennett. Oh, well, <laughs> he's not even worthy of a mention. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle, of course, we all know play for both of these, don't we? Kevin Keegan, Derby. 
Yeah. Alan Shearer? Yes, Alan Shearer. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah. He scored a hat-trick in his debut, didn't he? For, for Southampton, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Southampton lost 1-0 to Leicester last time. Newcastle, obviously, that like 3-2 lost to Norwich. Uh, Newcastle lost five out of their last six. It's not happening for Rafa, is it? No, he hasn't had the desired effect. No. Mm. Um, Southampton are unbeaten in five versus Newcastle as well. And they've scored more goals and got more points against Newcastle than any other Premier League team. It, it's going to be... I'd be very, very, very surprised if Newcastle picked up anything from this. Really? You think that it's a straight win for Southampton, do you? I, I can't see past it. I mean, Southampton, they're still iron Europe, you know, Europa League. It's sort of formidifying that place. So, again, they're, just, they're probably going to end up just running straight through them. Yeah. Uh, Mark, as listeners can tell, you with your accent, you're a man from the North East. Um, yeah. Can you make a case for Newcastle? Six points from safety <coughs> for the game against Southampton no not yeah. one because uh, you're right Benitez has had very little effect that I can see they did play well against Leicester mind you in his first game um, but they they were what I've seen since there's there's not a really marked change in in anything that he's done that wasn't there already when McLaren was there I don't think Benitez is the right man for the situation to be honest I think that was a he, he was available at the time and maybe it was they thought about bringing somebody in for a long-term solution, somebody with um, some pedigree and all the rest of it behind them to rebuild something properly for the future. But I don't know if he's ever been in this situation before. I think he may have been when he's been in Spain, but he hasn't while he's been in England and, and since. Um, but he would have to be Jesus Christ Almighty to turn that group of Newcastle players around, both with their average ability and their... You know, for for a lot of them, and their total lack of interest in in getting themselves out of it. Um, Villa been linked to Nigel Pearson. He could have done a good job for Newcastle, couldn't he? Yeah, I think I think that would have been just for this particular situation. I think that would have been a more appropriate um, appointment. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll do the last three fixtures. These are the ones that are left to the end because I don't really think anyone's got anything to play for. Um, Liverpool versus Stoke. Uh, Obviously, Liverpool had that 1-1 draw with Spurs last time. Stoke drew 2-2 with Swansea. Um, Liverpool have beaten Stoke four out of the last five times. Anyone want to hazard a guess as to what that one, where Stoke one was? No. It was uh, Steven Gerrard's last game. Yeah, I thought you might remember that. It beat 6-1, right? (laughs) Yeah. And we gave Raheem Sterling a cheery farewell as well. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Jonathan Walters has scored five goals versus Liverpool most successful Premier League club uh, Liverpool currently drawing 1-1 with Dortmund somehow drawing 1-1 um, which Liverpool is going to turn up on Sunday? It's a flip of the coin isn't it yeah. say that again you both said the same thing did you <laughs> sort of flip of a coin? yeah you could say the same, exactly the same thing about Stoke oh really? yeah which, <laughs> yeah, which Stoke are going to turn up they could they could turn up and then and it's a team that absolutely uh, routed Chelsea, routed Manchester City, or it could be the Stoke that could easily get beat at home by somebody as garbage as Everton. Well, it could <laughs> be the Stoke that beat Liverpool 1-0 at Anfield in the League Cup semi-final. Yeah, exactly. They're two very, very similar teams in their levels of inconsistency. Yeah, OK. So you're both, you're both going for, you don't know, do you just sort of stick your finger in the air and hope for the best? I would say Stoke, just because Liverpool will have had a hard game tonight and I'm going to make that as an excuse to back Stoke. All right, fair enough. Ryan? 
Um, yeah, I think it'll be a draw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Watford versus Everton, Mark. Mm. Uh, what's Leighton Bain said? Sorry for this week. Um, not a lot to be honest. <laughs> he, he's um, he basically said the Everton players have got no chemistry between them, or they had no chemistry between them in that Manchester United game, and. He was absolutely right. You'd only have to watch the game, but he's playing under mine Fiora Martinez and his um you know, and everything he says is wonderful and great and phenomenal. Um I think we're just seeing the the first few visible cracks between the player and manager. Other than people speculating that he's lost the dressing room and all the rest of it. Um that actually there is a problem there and, and hopefully we're seeing his, the the death throes of Martinez as the Everton manager. Well, don't despair, because Gareth Barry is back after suspension. Well, um, last season he was absolute dross, um, and this season he's probably been our player of the year. He's been brilliant. Oh, really? Yep, he's okay. been very, very good. That was neither the sarcasm the only by one, myself. The only one, I would say. <laughs> yeah. No, Lukaku, of course, has been brilliant too, but I think Barry's certainly been the most consistent player. All right. Uh, well, Valeron Baharami is doubtful for Watford, who've lost their last four, uh, including that 4-0 thumping they got at um, Arsenal last week. Yeah, um, we've lost our last three. Yes, you have. That was the United. Uh, if you get a point, that's your 500th point in the Premier League as well. All right, OK. Well, that's <laughs> something to shout about then. We can stick that in a trophy cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a trophy. It's almost like fourth place. Uh, yeah. It was a 2-2 draw, wasn't it? It was the start of the season. That wasn't a bad game now, was it? That yeah, was no, I was Rune... at that game. Was you? That was the Runicone, wasn't it? It was called the... It was, yeah, yeah, it was three goals in the last sort of 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and last one is Swansea versus Chelsea. Um, I've written Scott Sinclair derby, but then I also wrote this is the ball boy getting kicked derby as well. <laughs> I was sort of thinking the Brendan Rodgers derby almost because he was Chelsea under 21 manager before he sort of went to Swansea. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Mm. The ball boy getting kicked derby was more fun. That's definitely, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the one. Because <laughs> he was about 18 and he looked a bit like Ollie Mers as well, so <laughs> it made it all the more justifiable what Eden Hazard did. <laughs> He was the oldest ball boy in history, wasn't he? Oh, he bloody was, wasn't he? In fact, if you read if you read the tweet he sent out in the afternoon, um, it, it was a premeditated thing. Yeah, wasn't he some relation to somebody on the board? Yeah, he was. That's the, how he was the ball boy. Yeah, he was the son of the director. I mean, what kind of seventeen-year-old boy wants to be a ball boy anyway? Surely he must just be thinking, just put me in a VIP box for the game. Well, exactly. An eternal man-child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's probably still a ball boy now. Well, he'd be mm. now, he'd be about 21, wouldn't he? 20, 21. Yeah. By the look of him, he's probably still not shaving either. <laughs> uh, you got your win against Everton, uh, uh, Villa last week. Uh, Swansea drew uh, with Stoke, didn't they? Um, but you have got a very good record against them, haven't you? Three clean sheets in a row at the Liberty Stadium, and you've drawn three and beaten them six times. Yeah, it, I think it'll be a good game. Um, at this point, I'm really only interested to see the youth players come out because I think we've said, you know, there's nothing to play for. So I'd just like to see, I mean, last week we got to see the Miazga play and Loftus Cheek. And How did he do? I'd How did Miazga do? He didn't really have much to do, to be honest with you. It's not, Aston Villa's not the most difficult game. Um, he, he did well for, you know, considering that he was probably under quite a lot of pressure. He, he handled it well, and Loftus Cheek also played well. So I'm just intrigued to see who else gets a game. I assume Pato is going to start because I think Remy's picked up a knock as well. Traore. So I'd like start? to see Traore play. Yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, we've got to get some value out of these lone players. Yeah, Kennedy I mean, as well. Falcao looked absolutely furious last week wow. when Pato came on because it cut straight to him. He's just like, I haven't played all season. What's going on here? <laughs> um, Gilfie Sigerson's 10 goals. Uh, he's the first Icelandic player to score 10 or more goals since 2004 and five. when it was... Heidegger Johnson. Well done. He scored 12 that season. Um, go on, tell us about Antonio Conte then, Ryan. Are you happy, little boy? Well, I mean... He, I think he'll be a good manager, and he's, he's from what I've read and seen, he's very adaptable. So if a formation's not working, he won't keep keep using it. He'll change it up, and I think that's going to be one of the interesting things to watch out for. Yeah. Um, however, Chelsea love courting conf- controversy because he's now involved in some sort of either doping scandal or match fixing scandal, where or he's going to have a or well, probably both. The Chelsea board probably knew that and thought he's the man for the job. <laughs> um, match fixing, yes. Um, he, yeah, so that's why it's going to be a bit interesting. He's also going to miss a big chunk of pre-season, or at least that sort of bit before pre-season where he needs to start planning his team. It's probably going to leave preparation a little bit light before is, the start of the season. Does this match fix, does this go back to 2006 when Juve were relegated? I mean, I think he's even admit he'd already sort of admitted it anyway. He's already served a suspension for it. Yeah. Um, but now there's a prosecutor pushing for a jail sentence. Yeah. So he's got the look of somebody who uh, he's got the look of mafiosi about him. He's not the sort of person you look like you want to upset. He's definitely without Ruth because he was the man that um, he got rid of Del Piero, wasn't he, to Australia and. They were on 99 points and Gianluigi Buffon came into the, off- the dressing room five minutes late for some pre-match talk or training talk and he got a strip tour off him by Conte. So he's not a man to suffer falls or, or have sentiment or anything. Yeah, he's definitely a, a disciplinarian and it, I'm, I'm excited to see any new manager come in and see if they can do anything different with the team. I think... The thing I'm most looking forward to is, is something a little bit different. Any manager that's come in recently for Chelsea, it's been, we'll carry on playing the same formation that's you, that's worked before and hope it, it carries on working in the future. So I've heard he likes a 3-5-2, so that'll be an interesting one to see. Yeah, Mark, what would you reckon to Conte? A good choice? I think he's got a proven record uh, um, as a player and as a manager. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what his English is like. Um, I assume if it's not very good, he's learning fast. Um, um, we'll see. We'll see. I think he'll also manage to attract one or two big name players. Then I think the Chelsea squad needs a, a quite a big overhaul. Agreed. Um, I think there's a lot of there'll be a lot of ins and outs. So let's uh, let's see. I think next season will be it'll be a transition season. If, if Chelsea can get into the top four again, that would be success for next year. Yeah. So expect to see him out by Christmas then. <laughs> As is yeah. the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Benitez will be available again, and maybe. Well, well Hiddink would still be available, so you're thinking Abramovich could get him back in for a third stint. Hey, Rafa won you a European trophy. Yeah, yeah I know he did. <laughs> right, well, has anybody got anything else they want to mention, plug, talk about? No. no. No, not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge, okay. Uh, right, well, okay. Um, if they want to follow you two guys on Twitter, how do they do that? <clears throat> Uh, if they want to follow me, it's at the football pink. Okay, Ryan. And if they want to follow me, my hand up is at the Ryan Goodman. At the Ryan Goodman. Uh, issue twelve of the football pink coming soon. 
yes, um, in, in probably two to three weeks. Okay. Uh, okay, so they can get their pre-orders in soon, can they? Yes, that will be available on the website probably from next week. Excellent. All right. Uh, Manofthepost.com is the website. We're always looking for writers. If you want to get involved, then join our team. Then Chris at Manofthepost.com, you can send an email to. Uh, com is the website. At Post is the Twitter handle. You can download this from Acast. We can also... Um, rate and review and subscribe you can also do the same thing via iTunes as well um, all good reviews are incredibly gratefully received um, Ross and the guys will be back soon I'm not sure this weekend uh, if they are they'll be back talking about what we've been previewing um, so thank you ever so much guys thank you thank you and all the rest we said is always remember to keep your man on the coast we've been